Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Thanks, Jake and the team. A Tuesday week uh, here at the church at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're having our combined prayer meeting. Uh, for some time now, we've sensed as a leadership that uh, one of the things that we wanted to give focus was that we would be um, committed to the vision of the church, which has always been to introduce people to Jesus. And uh, on reflection of my 22 or so years here, it's probably been an area of weakness uh, in my leadership that uh, we perhaps haven't been as committed as focused uh, as we should have been. So lots of good things happening and no regrets, but God's brought us to this point where the focus seems to be uh, that God wants us to reach out and introduce people to Jesus. I have a very small role within the Baptist Union. I'm responsible for catching up of 16 pastors in a region that I catch up with and mentor and work with. And God is moving. And, and there is a sense within churches that uh, God wants to do something special. And I don't want us to miss out uh, in the rightful sense. I want us to be open to this time where God wants to, uh, for us to grow as disciples, but to go. And what we want to do next Tuesday, just us, we're going to come together, we're going to pray around that idea of building within the church's DNA, that it's the most natural thing for us to do, is that we're intent on introducing our family and friends and neighbours to Jesus. Um, the evil one sometimes sidetracks us, sometimes deceives us because he you knows it's really important. And, and although the inner church and the church family is really important in all the things that we do together, but if we are a church that only looks within and doesn't look without, we're not healthy. And uh, God's challenged me probably for the last 12 or 18 months about this, and we're talking about that as a leadership, and we're having Alpha in, uh, in July. So I'd like all of us to come along Tuesday. If you've got people that you can invite to Alpha, that's great. And we'll be spending some time around that. But what the prayer meeting is for is that as a church family, we hear what God's saying and we have this same desire to reach out to people that he would want us to have. And so we're going to be praying about the church DNA. So if you want to put that in your diary for Tuesday week at 7 o'clock, I'll send out another email during the week, but I'd really love for you to be here. It's sort of transitioning for us as a church. It, it's, it's important that we take the opportunity to see this as a distinct change of direction in as much as that we want to see God work in this way. We know it's what He wants. We don't always do it well, but uh, we're in a season, I believe, where God wants to bless us. And so Tuesday week, uh, I'd love for you to come along and we'll continue to give you information and hook up to the devotions, but... I just want us to come Tuesday and just be open and see what God says and we'd be soft and just see what, where he leads us and what he encourages us with. Do you pray with me? Uh, Father God, we thank you for your goodness to us every day. We thank you, Father God, that you made your home within us. <laughs> We're never alone. And Father God, I pray today as we look back and reflect on the coming of your Spirit, and as we start this season on the Holy Spirit for the next six or seven weeks, that we'd be open to receive the blessing that you have for us. God, may today be an encouragement to us, a challenge. 
May we understand the calling that you've placed on our life, but that we wouldn't be overwhelmed, but that we'd rest and trust in you and understand that you've given us all that we need. All that we need. We just need to seek you in humility and obedience. So, oh Lord, there's so much to be said today. And even now I'm trying to filter out those things that you want to say and those things we don't have time for. So God, I would just pray for your power, your authority. Pray for the leading of your spirit as we come and reflect this morning. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I, I remember back 50 years ago. Uh, and uh, mum and dad took me around to my older sister's place and her husband, and I thought it was just a visit, uh, but it was a bit of a surprise, was a surprise for me. Uh, they had just bought uh, in the family the first colour television, and uh, it just happened to be the Boxing Day test, and uh, that's about as good as it gets. Dennis Lilly got Viv Richards out on the last ball of the day. Fifty, some things I can remember, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> But what a transition to go from the black and white TV to a colour television. It was dramatic and it really did. It sort of got a wow response. This is incredible. What a change, how things have changed. Now, my kids don't have that same wow response to colour television. <laughs> They've known nothing else. They've they got no idea. Uh, colour television, oh, big deal. <laughs> I wonder what it would have been like if we were there, and some of you might have been, I'm not sure, but when electricity was invented. <laughs> I wouldn't crack that joke in the traditional service. They would <laughs> hunt me out. But can you imagine what it would have been like, the transformation, whereas you would light candles and then you flick a switch and the light comes on. I wonder what it would have been like to make the first phone call. You know, not letters or even telegrams or in the westerns where they used to give the guy on the horse and he'd ride off and four days later you'd get a message. I wonder what it would have been like when you were there to make that first telephone call. Now, my kids don't get excited about colour television. It's always been like that. Uh, none of us here get all that excited about electricity or the telephone. But they were amazing things that took place in history that changed things forever and ever. It's just that we sort of yawn and we get a bit blasé and we take it a bit for granted. We don't realise. But if you could imagine being there that day when electricity or telephone or if you were actually there that day, you would have gone, wow, this is incredible. But you and I yawn and go, oh, that's just life. It's the same for us for the day of Pentecost. Uh, now, each of us to be a Christian has had an encounter with God by His Spirit uh, and has come and made his home within us. So at that level, we have had an encounter of the Spirit. But we need to go back in time and reflect upon this amazing transition that took place in Pentecost when the Spirit came. A and I think what we need to do is understand how, um, how God's plan and his intention was so deliberate that he would come and see that this was the most important thing that has ever happened to the church most important thing ever that's happened to the church. Now, if we see church as a gathering of believers, uh, then that took place sometime prior to Pentecost. But if we see the church as being a gathering of believers who are empowered to minister and serve, then Pentecost is the church's birthday. Pentecost is the day that the Spirit came and empowered the church 
to be the church. And, and whatever we try and fathom, whatever way we try and go back in history to what took place that time, it's bigger than that. Whatever you can imagine and comprehend what it would have been like there to be on that day of Pentecost, you need to understand it was bigger than that. Just like we can't understand electricity or the telephone or any of those things, we can't imagine how big it was, we cannot understand how big it was when the Spirit came. So if you have your Bibles, and we, Joe read to us uh, from Acts chapter 2, reading from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. A penny means 50th. And so after seven weeks of the grain harvest, after Passover, they had the festival of Pentecost, 50. Not long after that, uh, there was another understanding of Pentecost because it also lined up from uh, a time when it was 50 days uh, in memory to when the law was given to Moses from the time of the Exodus. It was 50 days from the Exodus to the giving of the law. And, and so here we see God's amazing, well you can't call it a coincidence, but the way that God works because it's 50 days after his resurrection <laughs> that the Spirit comes. Now, I would never advise you to get too much into numbers in the Bible and things and events. You've got to be careful. But whatever way you look at it, there's no way apart from looking say, wow, isn't this incredible? 50 days from the harvest, from the, the time, 50 days uh, from the time of giving the law, and 50 days from the resurrection, Jesus comes. And, and the symbolic power of that is how Jesus replaces the law and Jesus is the Lord of the harvest of which they are celebrating with the grain offering. And God intentionally uh, has this time where the Spirit came to remind the people that this is the time that Jesus replaces all of that. And God was intentional in setting that date. And it's something that you and I today, in 2023, we need to keep going back to the day of Pentecost. We need to be keep being reminded what God had on his heart because it was God's deliberate and intentional plan that he would live within his believers. We cannot be disciples without God's spirit. We cannot be the church without God's spirit. And we need to go back to the day of Pentecost and reflect upon it because it reminds us that you and I have to invest in God's plan. We have to invest in the way that God wants to re-establish the kingdom of God in this present evil age. This is the life-changing truth. <laughs> On Pentecost, life changed, the world changed, the church changed because God gave us the gift of His Spirit. It's pretty obvious that God wanted to get everyone's attention that day. <laughs> It's pretty obvious that he worked in some miraculous ways. There was a, what seemed like a violent wind. There was tongues of fire and people started speaking in other languages. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians and it talks about speaking in tongues, I'm happy to have that conversation. But we must understand in this passage, it's really clear that what they spoke was in other languages. 
because what God was doing was indeed uh, setting up the birth of his church across the world. And there are all these different people here and they are hearing this message in their own tongue. And so God was dramatic and he was miraculous. God wants to get our attention today. Colour TV, yawn. Electricity, yawn. Telephone, yawn. We're so used to it. Who cares? But as a church, if we don't understand the significance of the Spirit and the day of Pentecost, if we don't understand the importance of it, We'll never be the church as God wants us to be. Uh, I, I normally sort of set up at the beginning of the year a whole year's preaching plan, not in specifics. <laughs> but certainly three months ago when I did this current season, or this, I wasn't aware that today would be Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> and so even in that, I've got to go, God, you're in this, you're part of this. <laughs> so how will God empower his church? How will we be all that God wants us to be? How will the church be different now in history? How will this become a reality? And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Just last week, we looked at the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews talks about how Jesus came and set up a new and living way. And it seems like God wants to keep that message going because here we have the same thing. The Spirit's presence divided and went upon people individually. This is huge because in the past, God's power or Spirit only rested upon Israel as a nation or as a corporate identity. Sometimes God's Spirit would come upon leaders for a specific occasion for a certain time. But this is huge God throws that all out the window and everything changes forever because now God's Spirit comes upon each individual. And so if you are a Christian, if you've had that encounter with Jesus, if you've had an encounter with His Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And this is the new covenant established by Jesus given to us at Pentecost. Now, this is huge in a number of ways. <laughs> you and I now have a calling you and I now have a calling to re-establish the kingdom of God in this present evil age. That's the call of the church. But more specifically, you have a part. If you have God's spirit, you have a part to play in this. You are called by God and you are set apart for a specific purpose. And as we become a part together, we become a part of God's team. And this is significant because when we take on that we're called and we're set apart and God, we've got a responsibility and God's got a plan for us, sometimes that burden of responsibility can wreck us. Sometimes the weight can be so heavy on our shoulders. I'm not up to this. How can I do this? I fail. I fall. Uh, I'm selfish. I don't always obey God. Uh, it, it's very easy for us to be overwhelmed by this responsibility and that's mostly why we walk away from it. We walk away from being responsible that we would re-establish God's kingdom because it seems too hard, it's too difficult. But I want to encourage you this morning, if God's stirring us, if God's moving, if God wants us to re-establish His kingdom, He wants to work in you. He wants to work in me, individually and corporately we come together. 
if you're not a Christian and you don't have the Spirit, this is the life that God wants to give to you. This is the hope and the joy and the peace and the power. Don't be religious. It's not enough coming to church. None of those things matter if you're outside of God's family. What we need to experience is the life of it and the power of His Spirit. And for some of us, some of the time, it's really important that we go back to the day of Pentecost and we see clearly this is what God intended and we need to ask ourselves, am I open to this? In other words, do I have an expectation that God who lives within me is going to guide, lead and empower me? When we talk about Alpha, when we talk about inviting family, friends and neighbours, do we have that sense that this is what God wants me to do above everything else? Or have we managed to justify in our mind, oh, it doesn't really matter? Well, it does matter. (laughs) And the reason it matters is because if we go back to Pentecost, God gave His Spirit to each individual believer so that they would re-establish his kingdom and they started talking in other languages and I think this was part of the dramatic effect that God just wanted to get our attention both then and now now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven and when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all of these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Here's a picture of church. When people look at the church, they go, what's going on here? If we don't get a what's going on here with church, we're doing something wrong. Because the way that God has intended is that the church would be this group of people corporately who independently receive the Spirit. And when people look at the church, they go, what's going on here? This doesn't make sense. Now, that's true. Pentecost is a one-off event. We cannot revisit and have the giving of God's Spirit again. It's a one-off event. We can't go back. It's special and unique. (laughs) And we may not have the mighty wind. We may not necessarily see the flames of fire. We may not necessarily speak in languages. But this is the reality. God is still in the business of doing miraculous stuff. God is still in the business of empowering his people to do amazing things. Now, I need to say, as a quick thing, not everything that is miraculous comes from God. Uh, Over history, it has shown that when people have sought God with good intentions, sometimes we've been deceived because every time we see something that's spectacular or miraculous, we say, oh, that's of God. That's not necessarily the case. What we need to do is discern whether it's God-honoring, whether it has fruit, whether it's biblical. But the other thing we don't want to do is to become so damn boring that we don't expect to see God work at all. So we don't want to be discerning so much that we get to the stage where we have no expectation or no desire or no sense that God's going to do something miraculous. So I want you to have this sense of the miraculous when you think about inviting someone to Alpha or you think about inviting them to church or you're going to have a conversation at work at morning tea or over the fence with your neighbour. Have an expectation that God's going to do something miraculous through you. 
if we don't have that sense of expectation and confidence, you know what's going to happen? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> because in my weakness, in my failure, in my uh, lack of sense sometimes, I will just go back down my own little hole. But when we have an understanding, this is God's deliberate plan, that he will work through you, that he will empower through you, that he'll inspire through you, then we have an understanding of why we need to revisit Pentecost and remind ourselves from Pentecost on, every single believer would be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Some, however, made fun of them and said they had had too much wine. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Obviously, there's some time limit there with that. I don't understand. So a few things. Firstly, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So I love this symbolism of being drunk, and I'll explain that in a while. But when we are filled with the Spirit, we still have self-control. So amazing, miraculous things happen that we have no control over, but it's not like we're in a trance and we're unaware and we're just nowhere. <laughs> self-control is a still part of that. But what I like about this illustration of being drunk with wine is the way that being drunk with wine takes over all of your actions, all of your words, all of your attitudes. And so in the same way as that, we need to have an understanding of being filled with the Spirit. So to the church at Ephesus, Paul said, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit and be constantly guided by Him. So to be filled with the Spirit is not like topping up a glass with water. Being filled with Spirit is not talking about a quantity. Everyone there at Pentecost all got the same amount of Spirit, the Spirit of Christ made their, his life within them. So they all had equal amount. Being filled with the Spirit is not about quantity, topping up. But being filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit. So in the same way that if you were to be intoxicated... You will, you, that would control how you act, be filled with the Spirit or be controlled by the Spirit and that will control your actions. It's never about how much Spirit we have. It's almost always how much of us does the Spirit have. And I'm sure over these next six weeks as we talk about the Spirit, we're going to keep hearing some of the same things over again. <laughs> and that's okay. But we need to understand this. That's why there is so much focus and importance placed on things like humility and obedience. To live a holy life and to be a pure life. We do not receive or come under the Spirit's control out of a cornflakes packet. Now, you may laugh, but sometimes there's this thinking of just come out at the front or just do this and just do that and you'll be, you know, you'll be overtaken by the Spirit. That acknowledgement that we need it is good, so I don't have any problem with the invitation, but we are filled with the Spirit or come under control with the Spirit in humble obedience, in pure living, in holy living, 
in a recognition of genuine repentance. God, without you, I am nothing. So we seek the Spirit when as a church we say we're nothing without you. And we can be deceived doing good things. We can be deceived playing nice families, which is all important. But we lose sight of the efficiency or the the significance, I should say, of Pentecost. God wants to build His church. He wants to re-establish His kingdom on heaven, sorry, on earth as it is in heaven. In this present evil age, God wants to re-establish His kingdom. And He wants to do it through you and He wants to do it through me. He wants to do it through the church. And the way that He has done that as we look back to Pentecost is that He would fill us each with His own spirit. His spirit would make His home within us. So the day of Pentecost is a dramatic time in history. But it's a wonderful message. Every believer will receive the Spirit. And through that, He'll empower the church. And as Peter's trying to address the crowd, saying, oh, they're all drunk and all that, we read this. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my Spirit on my people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even... On my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy and I'll show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, and this is the reason and this is the purpose and this is what all the hoo-ha is. This is why God did such a dramatic thing. (laughs) And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's interesting that today people refer to this and say, well, we're in the last days. Well, that's the message they received over 2,000 years ago. These are the last days. (laughs) So we always need to be careful by dates and events and things. Um, We just need to be careful. But what we do need to be obedient to is, is to understand this. We need to come under the Spirit's control. The life of the church, God's mission, God's purpose is totally dependent upon that. I pray that we would have a vision of what God would do in us individually if we came under the Spirit's control. In humility and obedience, repentance, the Spirit had His way with us. I, I think it would be good for us to have a vision of that. I think it would be good for us as a church to dream What would happen if all of us as individuals in humility and obedience came under the Spirit's control? What would happen if we started to dream about what God could do if we had the confidence to know that we have His power and His enabling and His leading and His guiding because He's made His home within us? Colour television? Yawn. (laughs) Electricity? Oh, who cares? Telephone? Boring. We just can't have that attitude when we go back to the day of Pentecost. And we have to be open to the dramatic way that God said, everything's changed from now on. I'm getting serious. <laughs> this is what I want to do to re-establish my kingdom, establish my purposes. I'm going to give you my spirit. He's going to live within you. He'll empower you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll talk to you. He'll comfort you. He'll encourage you. And I'm aware that there's a temptation that I might just yawn as I go back to the day of Pentecost because it's always been there. 
But I think in that case, the evil one would have a win. John Stott said this, and I want to finish with this. Well, nearly finish with this. Without the Holy Spirit, Christian discipleship would be inconceivable, in fact, impossible. There can be no life without the life giver. No understanding without the spirit of truth. No fellowship without the unity of the spirit. No Christ-likeness of character apart from his fruit. And no effective witness without his power. As a body without breath is a corpse, so the church without the spirit is dead. One of the things that I like to say and to encourage you is that every day you preach the gospel to yourself. Every day you remind yourself of the God's grace. I think there's one thing we need to add to that. We, every day we thank God for the gospel. We preach it to ourselves every day. But the other thing we need to say every day, the Spirit has come and the Spirit lives within me. God let me be open and obedient to your spirit so that I might be all that you want me to be and do all that you want me to do. Let's pray. Now, it was a very special day, the day of Pentecost. It was dramatic. We'll never go back to that. We, we can't reenact that or make that happen again. <laughs> God is new every day. But we don't want to become boring and lack acceptation and think that was the end of it. God continues to want to work miraculously. And He wants to do that through you. Now, maybe there's school friends or neighbours, university friends, workmates, family. And right now, God's just laying it on your heart to be intentional and deliberate about introducing them to Jesus. And right about now, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're looking for the side exit and you say, oh, not me, <laughs> not them. But what I want us to encourage us this morning in a practical way, as an example of what we've been talking about this morning, would you just pray for one person that you know. You might have went to school with them, there might be a neighbour, a friend, a workmate, family member. And may you understand that God has given you His Spirit so that you might introduce them to Jesus. It's not all about Alpha, the Alpha is just a resource. It can happen in many, many ways. But gee, it's a wonderful way for a church to establish and put in place some sort of foundation where we are genuine about introducing people to Jesus. We haven't been in the past and I take a lot of responsibility for that. I've been, I think I've failed the church in seeing or not seeing that. But God has certainly placed it on my heart in recent times. And we started the journey but as a church, we need to have the same dramatic change within our thinking as we did at Pentecost. Would you make your response this morning? God, I'm open to your spirit. Nothing's impossible for you. I'm part of your purpose, part of your plan.
Give me a vision, give me a dream of what you want to do in me and through me. Let's stand as we sing.